Welcome to Nerds and Friends. Today we're joined by author Jeff Chapman. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Jeff. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Of course, we're happy to have you. And uh, I just got to say, I love your uh, Amazon author profile talking about your day job as a as a software engineer and then your love of cats. And uh, those are things I vibe with real hard. And then, of course, your career as an author. And uh, I'm a fantasy author as well. So I love that you explore uh, in so many books, ghost stories and the paranormal and fantasy. And so I just want to jump in and ask you about... Um, your career your experience as a writer and like what what are the highlights of that career so far um well i started out writing short stories and trying to sell them to magazines nice. and i had a bit of success there but you know that's a really hard road because you you write stories and you send them off and wait for the rejection letter and then you send it out again and yeah. so i was happy to move into writing novels and self-publishing them that's awesome very cool. Well, um, for those who are listening in, we have a lot of authors who listen to our podcasts. What are some of the pros and cons of self-publishing, in your opinion? Um, well, you have total control over everything. So, you know, I have control over who's the editor that I hire. Um, I have complete control over the cover that's used nice. for the book. And then I ultimately, I own everything. So That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, so um, so then you can any adaptations or future things you have full say of how that goes and what exactly. contracts you enter into, right? Exactly. That's fantastic. Well, tell us about your most recent book. Let's hear about it. My most recent book is um, Sniggard's Revenge, and this is a YA fantasy adventure about a young man who, um, on a dare from his brother, goes into a barrow. And he finds a bit of treasure there. He's attacked by this uh, bird-like creature while he's in the barrel, but he manages to escape, barely. And he decides he's going to use this treasure to try, a woo, to, try to woo a girl that he's interested in. And um, it doesn't go according to plan, and everything goes downhill after that point. And for the rest of the novel, he's trying to clean up the mess that he's created. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, there's really a couple, trips to, yeah, there's a couple trips to ferry in there. So and there's a, a walking corpse at one point. So. Wow, that sounds exciting. That's really cool. <laughs> it's one it's one bad thing after another for quite a while. That's yeah. Uh, a lot of good stories are like that. <laughs> no, it sounds really intriguing. Where it's um, you know, it's kind of the main character trying to like put out fires and clean up his mess. That sounds really yes. intriguing. Yeah, that's really so, cool. So uh, there'll probably be another, probably be a sequel to it because the story's not quite ended. Oh, nice. When I end this story, it's, there's still more to go. So that's probably awesome. a sequel to this one. And on, on your Amazon, uh, Amazon, on your Amazon profile, you have a couple of, uh, of series already. So um, what's kind of your approach to like, what do you focus on when you're doing a sequel to one of your books? Like what's important in your opinion to have in that sequel? Um, well, let me show you how I, Right now, my series, The Merlis Tales, this is the first one. Oh, nice. Which wasn't the first one that I wrote. Oh. So <laughs> this is the first novel that I wrote for The Merlis Tales. Um, oh, Into the Witchlands, great title. Yes, thanks. Um, so when I was writing Into the Witch, when I was writing um, Cat She, which is the name of this first one, I kept making references to something that had happened in the past, which was The um, the Great Contagion. Okay. Um. So I decided I need to know something about it. 
So I had to write a book. So I had to write something about it. I was going to write a story, but it ended up being a novel twice as long as the previous novel. Oh, so, that's epic. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, Kat, she is going to have two more books associated with it to finish the story. Um, let's see, what did you ask me about series? Well, I was curious about like what your approach is to writing sequels. Because okay. like for me, I've, I've self-published two books and one of them I leave open-ended and I intend to write a sequel. So I'm kind of interested in like what your approach has been to writing sequels to your books or okay. prequels in this case. Okay. Um, I'm pretty much a pantser. I don't outline anything. I just kind of have a general idea of how the story is going to go. Wow. And usually it changes over time as I'm writing it. Cause I find I come up with a lot better ideas while I'm writing. I yeah. guess I have the creative juices running at that point. So I found that in most of my, especially my novels, I get to the end of like the story arc for the main story, but there's still pieces left over that yeah. go on to the next, the next novel. So it's the sequels are going to be picking up where we left off, but continuing on with things that we haven't resolved. Okay. So. That's awesome. That's really cool. So yeah, uh, that's that's a great approach where you're planting seeds to an arc in the first book and then continuing it on in the sequel. So it feels like a natural extension of the story. I think that's a really smart yeah. approach. Yeah, I find that um, as I'm writing the stories, I'll come up with an idea that I hadn't had any idea of beforehand. I'll just go ahead and drop it in. And then I'll find later in the story that, oh, I can go back and use that. Wow, that looks nice. like I'm really smart or something. <laughs> I just dropped them in used them later that's really cool <laughs> yeah we, we've interviewed a lot of authors on this podcast and uh, i think you're our first like full pantser we have a lot of people who are like well i outline a bit and then i kind of do some pantsing as i'm going but that's really fascinating you know that's really cool yeah i i've tried outlining but i just don't have the temperament for it then i finally have to throw it out anyway because i come up with a better idea so that's awesome that you can steer it as you go and let the <laughs> yeah. muse work with you that's great so what's uh what's like your favorite part about the writing process? Like what are some of your favorite things about it? Um I guess just crafting the initial story. Um the beginning of the novel is a lot easier than when you get to the middle. I, I hate being in the middle because then I feel like I just I'm never gonna finish this. It's just gonna keep going right. on and on forever. Oh yeah. Act so, two is always the hardest. <laughs> yeah. So there's the doldrums you get stuck in the middle and then when you get to the end that's a that's a great feeling when you can finally finish something it's like wow i'm done <laughs> yeah no oh, it's an amazing feeling so how, how old were you when you published your first novel um what's well, my 40s i think oh that's awesome so you yeah. you already had a successful career as a software engineer and well what prompted you to fulfill that dream and publish your first book um, I started writing when I was in high school. Oh, nice. Then I um, took creative writing classes when I was in college. And I started off working as an editor. Oh, cool. So, And then um, I had had an interest in computer science beforehand when I was in high school. Um, nice. But I went with a history degree in college and graduate school. Then I worked as an editor for a while. And opportunities came up as we started doing more electronic publishing. So I um, went back to school and got a software degree. Oh wow! From college, 
Um, fortunately, the company paid for most of it. So that was, nice. that was helpful. That's and then awesome. I moved on to a different job within the company as a software engineer. That's really so, cool. so I had this writing background all along the way. Um, what, what did you ask me again? I'm sorry. I got off no, track. you've answered the question. That's oh, okay. really cool how <laughs> your your careers are intertwined with writing and software engineering. That's really yeah. fascinating. And, and actually, software is all about um, communicate. It's it's all about um, syntax and um, yeah. language. Language actually, just a I, different type of language. Yeah, I, I've taken some classes on computer science, and it's not not my wheelhouse. But uh, I very much liked um, how precise you have to be and how logical you have to make everything connect. So I think that that I totally understand how someone who's an excellent writer like yourself would be a good software engineer. So that's really cool. Yeah, you have to be very very precise with the language. <laughs> yes, yes, it will do exactly what you tell it to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Well, what's uh, what's been the most challenging thing as a self-published author, and what's been the most fulfilling? Most challenging thing I think is marketing, yeah. um, trying to find an audience. Um, I, I still haven't mastered that. Um, Neither. <laughs> I've taken classes. I've watched webs, you know, stuff on the web about how to do it, and yeah. I'm still struggling with that. So that's the most challenging and difficult part. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy because we have so many tools as self-published authors with social media, but like still actually having your books, like hit new people outside of your own personal network is really difficult. Yeah. And getting reviews, getting reviews is also really very frustrating. I've noticed that as well. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I've only been published since, uh, December of 2021. So I'm still, it's only been six months. Um, and yeah, I, I've, I think I've got six reviews total on my two books. It's it's a challenge. It is. Yeah, yeah. But um, so with your most recent book, I wanted to jump back to that. Um, tell us, kind of, um, you mentioned your main character, how he finds this treasure in a barrow and has to, uh, or tries to use it to woo a girl he's interested in, and it kind of blows up in his face. Um, Tell us a little, I'm just a little curious more about the character and like what his uh, personality is like and kind of how you came up with him. Okay. Um, most of my novels start off with uh, like a situation. In this case, it was, um, he was playing checkers with a friend in this town. So the time period, it's a fantasy, so it doesn't really correspond to a particular time period. But it's right. kind of like an 18th century kind of time period, but oh, without guns. Cool. They don't have any guns. Nice. Um <laughs> So anyway, he's playing checkers with his friend, and they're um, they're playing a type of checkers where they gamble uh-huh. as well. So they have like five penny pieces that they put on the kings, and they make kings when they're playing checkers. So okay, oh, uh, this girl cool. walks past, and it distracts him, and he ends up losing. Um, and then when he's walking home with his brother, his brother's complaining because they were going to buy some food with the money he won. But of course, he didn't win any money, so they didn't buy any. And that's what led to the eventual dare to go into the barrel. Um, oh, to try to fam- find money for food. Well, it, it was just to prove to his brother that he wasn't a coward. Ah. <laughs> that he'd go in there. Um, his background of his family is they used to be gentry. But um, his grandfather lost all the money gambling on horses, I think. Oh. So now they just live on a farm and his father works as an accountant for someone. So they've, they've dropped quite a bit. 
socially. And the girl he's interested in wooing actually um, lives in the um, manor house that he would have been living in if the family hadn't lost all the money. So he has a strange idea that if he can woo her and marry her, he can get back. Kind of restore the family legacy. Restore the family. Oh, that's a really cool, like, I, I want to read the book now. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love that. That's really cool. And the other side of this is the Snigger, who is the um, guardian of the barrel. Okay. Um, he was a um, warrior for the king, this, an ancient king. And they somehow changed him into this kind of undead creature that can live until, you know, until they all come back. And he's supposed to guard all the treasure in the barrow and not let any of it be taken by anyone. Okay. If he does that, then he'll be, you know, in the afterlife, he'll be the chief warrior for the king. It's a great honor for him. So Uh he has a lot of reason not to let anything be sold. So is he kind of pursuing the main character as the story goes, trying to get that treasure back? He's pursuing the treasure. He's going after Uh the treasure. Okay. That sounds like a great antagonist where his motivation is like to achieve this high honor. Yeah. And the main character is kind of like, you know, conflicting with that. That's really cool. Thanks. That sounds awesome. Well, and has that book been released or is it upcoming? Oh, it's been released. Um, Oh, fantastic. We'll put the link to it in the, in the description so people can find it. Okay. Yeah. I think I released that last fall. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, and right now I'm working on a novel, another novel in the Merlis Tales. Nice. So, and it's set in like a 19th century area era. Um, oh, that's with cool. the Merlis Tales, it's about a um, young girl whose spirit is banished to the body of a cat. Oh. And the magic that caused that gives the cat extremely long life, like thousands of years. So... That's my cool. idea is that I can write stories with this character forever. <laughs> that's fantastic. We have new new sets of human people. That's fun. That's really cool. I like that. I gotta ask, how many cats do you have? I have three cats right now. That's awesome. We've, we've had as many as four. We have three right now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've got I've got two, and uh, I have to resist the temptation to not just add like five because I love cats. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. I love that idea of a, like a sentient cat that lives thousands of years and has all these adventures. That's a really cool concept. Thanks. That's awesome. How many books are in that series? Uh, right now I have two novels in the series and a short story. Nice. And I'm working on the third right now. Oh, that's awesome. I have ideas for a lot more. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Congratulations. That's really cool. Thanks. Yeah, we'll put a link to to your author page in the description so everyone can find all your books and everything because okay. these sound really great. Like, I can't wait to check them out myself. It's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. What uh? Can you walk uh, me and your viewers through uh? Like, what kind of is your daily routine for writing? Because I know a lot of people who listen into the podcast they are also balancing a full time career with their writing. So I'm curious what your kind of daily routines like for completing so many books. Okay. Um, I'm not a morning person. I'm a night person. So, you know, you hear all these stories about authors that get up at four in the morning and, and write for several hours. It's not That's me not me. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to get up early and write. My brain just doesn't function at that point. Yeah. So um, I write in the evening, usually for about an hour or so. Nice. Uh, sometimes I'll spend the time editing as opposed to actually creating new, new material. 
but I try to do something every day with the writing. So you just keep, keep plugging away and you're every day you're moving toward the final goal. So keep plugging away, you'll get there. Yeah, no, I've heard that consistency is really important. And that's something I've striven for since I started taking my writing more seriously, because I I actually had the honor one time of meeting Stan Lee before he passed away. Uh, And he said that for as long as he can remember, he's written every day, even if it's something he's not going to intend to publish. And he said that really helped him. So since then, I've been trying to implement that myself. So that's really cool. Pretty much every professional writer you hear about, they say the same thing. I think Stephen King says he writes every day. Nice. In Coons writes every day. So that's awesome. That's really cool. Um, well, I had a, a quick question that we'd like to ask authors on the podcast. Um, you. if your main character of your most recent novel, who you've talked about and who sounds really intriguing, uh, if he had to go on a road trip with the main character of the last book you read or the last TV show you watched, who would that be and how would it go down? <laughs> see i'm trying to think what's the last book i read uh, i think it was um no, i think the last book i read was a mystery um it was a ian rutledge mystery okay oh man i don't think they would get along at all really <laughs> if you've yeah. read the ian rutledge mystery novels he's um he's an ex he's a world war one veteran who's oh. uh, dealing with shell shock and he's a uh, the Scotland Yard detective. Oh, so he, he's very, very serious. <laughs> yeah, very, the very grim. And... My, my last book is like a you know, 16, 17 year old teenager with that. Um, yeah, I can see both parties being unhappy in that situation, <laughs> stuck in a car together. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they'd have a lot to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sound like they have pretty, pretty different lives they've led. <laughs> yeah. That's fascinating. That sounds like a cool mystery story, though, with a, a World War One yeah. detective, like first Scott in Yard. That sounds pretty cool. I'll have to check those out. Ian Rutledge mysteries. Yes. Okay. I'll add that to my my long list of things I need to read. <laughs> the ever the ever growing list. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and actually that that prompts another question I just thought of. What um uh, like how much, how often do you read as well to supplement your writing and to get inspired and to keep your skills sharp? I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Nice. I get them from the library for oh, free. Cool. <laughs> so, nice. That's the way to do it. So that's allowed me to plow through a lot of books I normally wouldn't have had time to read. Yeah. So I'm reading or listening to a book almost every day. That's awesome. So. And do you feel that's important to your writing as well? Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important, especially to listen to a, to a, listen to or read a wide variety of authors and genres, yeah. so you get exposed to a lot of different styles. That's cool. And I think pretty much every author can teach you something. Yeah, that's a great perspective when you're going into a book of like, what can I learn from this writer? I love that. That's really cool. Well, Jeff, this has been a wonderful interview. Is there any uh, message you want to give to our viewers or any kind of send off besides check out your books, which will, there'll be a link uh, below this podcast for everyone to check out. Thanks for listening to me. It's been really great talking to you and I look forward to listening to more of the interviews you've done. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, this has been a great interview. I've learned a lot. This is awesome. Okay, cool. Very cool. Thanks for listening to nerds and friends.